Welcome to the Competence Institute podcast. Our mission is to empower you with the tools and guidance needed to fill in the gaps in your education, cultivate future studies, and envision and create a prosperous future. Hi, I'm Ryan Kimball, co-founder of the Competence Institute and host of this podcast. In each episode, we dive into insights and strategies that help you master anything you set your mind to. And don't forget to check out our free report, How to Learn Anything. It's your key to unlocking a world of unstoppable success. Find the link in our show notes. Ready to transform your life? Let's get started. Welcome to the Competence Institute podcast. I'm Ryan, co-founder of the Institute. In today's episode, we're exploring a crucial aspect of learning, understanding the glib student. Joining me is Mike, my fellow co-founder. Together, we'll uncover strategies to enhance real understanding in education with an emphasis on the ability to apply the information learned. Mike, it's great to have you here. Thanks, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here, especially to discuss a topic that's so pivotal in education today. Exactly. Let's dive right in. What exactly is a glib student and why is this concept important for our listeners? Ryan, a glib student is someone who may appear well-versed in a subject, but lacks a deeper practical understanding. They can recite information, but struggle to apply it. This is a key issue in today's educational landscape where real understanding and the ability to take information and put it to work in the real world is vital for long-term success. Okay, this is vital, of course. To get into how this can be addressed practically, can you tell us how misunderstood words play into this, Mike? And how can identifying and clarifying them make a difference? Misunderstood words are often the root cause of confusion and superficial learning. By identifying and clarifying these words, students and professionals alike can achieve a more thorough and practical understanding of their subjects. It's about ensuring clarity at the foundational level. That's intriguing, Mike. Can you give an example of how a misunderstood word could impact a student's learning process? Sure, Ryan. Take a word like constitution in a civics class. If a student misunderstands it as just a document rather than understanding its role in governing, they miss the essence of the entire subject. This gap in understanding can lead to a domino effect, hindering further comprehension. I see. So how should students or educators go about identifying these misunderstood words? It starts with being vigilant. Both the teacher and the student share responsibility in this. They must both be aware of the student's response to learning materials. There are in fact exact responses that can be spotted in a student when studying that indicate he or she has a misunderstood word. For example, if there's a sudden disinterest or confusion, it's often a sign. Educators should then work with the student to backtrack and pinpoint where the misunderstanding began and locate the misunderstood word. That makes sense. But why isn't this approach more prevalent in modern education systems? Well, Ryan, modern education often emphasizes curriculum completion and standardized testing 
over individualized understanding. This system can overlook the unique learning pace of each student where such misunderstandings can hide. By focusing more on individual comprehension, we can better address these gaps. So in a way, it's about tailoring education to the individual rather than one size fits all approach. Exactly, Ryan. Every student has a unique way of processing information. By acknowledging and addressing this, we can make education more effective and meaningful. This is certainly a perspective that needs more attention. Thanks for shedding light on this, Mike. It sounds like a game changer for both students and educators. It is. Moving on to another important aspect, Mike, let's talk about the importance of studying for application rather than just for test preparation. Why is this distinction crucial? Ryan, studying for application means learning with the intention of using that knowledge in real world scenarios. It's about understanding concepts deeply enough to apply them rather than just memorizing facts for a test. This approach develops critical thinking and problem solving skills, which are essential in every aspect of life. That sounds vital for holistic education. Can you provide an example of how studying for application differs from studying just to pass a test? Certainly. Take a subject like mathematics. Studying just to pass a test might involve memorizing formulas. However, studying for application involves understanding why those formulas work and how they can be applied in practical situations like engineering or economics. I see. That approach seems more beneficial in the long run. Why do you think this isn't the norm in most educational systems? The primary reason, Ryan, is that our education systems are historically built around standardized testing. These tests often measure a student's ability to recall information rather than apply it. There's a growing recognition of this gap, but changing an entrenched system takes time and concerted effort. So what can educators and parents do to foster this approach of studying for application? Educators can design curriculum and assessments that require students to apply concepts in new and varied contexts. Parents can encourage their children to explore real-world applications of what they learn and to always ask how and why about the information they encounter. That's a proactive approach. How do you see the future of education evolving to incorporate more of this application-based learning? We are seeing a gradual shift, Ryan. More educational institutions are recognizing the value of application-based learning and are starting to integrate project-based tasks and real-world problem-solving into their curricula. It's a positive trend that we at the Competence Institute are contributing to to ensure that trend continues. Absolutely. Thanks for those insights, Mike. It's clear that studying for application has far-reaching benefits for students' overall development. We've covered some important ground today, Mike. Now, let's talk about practical implementation. How can our listeners, whether they are students, educators, or even professionals, start applying these strategies in their learning or teaching? The first step is awareness. 
Recognizing the need for deep understanding and application in learning is crucial. For educators, this means designing lessons that go beyond textbook knowledge, encouraging students to explore and apply concepts. For students and professionals, it involves approaching learning with curiosity and a desire to apply knowledge in real-world scenarios. Can you suggest some specific strategies or tools that might help in this process? Certainly. Interactive learning methods, project-based learning, and real-world problem-solving activities are great tools. Of course, this is a key part of the mission of the Competence Institute and our programs. We provide tools and guidance to ensure the glib student becomes proficient in real-world application and able to achieve success with any given area of study. These sound like effective approaches. And of course, I love the results we help people get with our programs at the Competence Institute. However, why aren't these methods more commonly used in our education systems? There are a few reasons, Ryan. One is the inertia of traditional education systems, which have long been geared towards standardized testing and a one-size-fits-all approach. Another is the lack of resources or training for educators to implement these methods effectively. That's a significant challenge. How can we as a community support the shift towards these more effective learning methods? Community support is key. This can involve advocating for educational reform, supporting teachers in professional development, and providing resources for schools to adopt more interactive and application-focused teaching methods. Parents can also play a role by encouraging these approaches at home and in their interactions with schools. It sounds like a collaborative effort is needed. Finally, Mike, how optimistic are you about the future of education in this regard? I'm very optimistic, Ryan. We're seeing a growing recognition of the importance of deep understanding and practical application in education. With continued advocacy and collaborative efforts, I believe we can make significant strides in transforming how we teach and learn. That's an encouraging note to end on. Thank you, Mike, for sharing your insights and strategies with us today. To our listeners, we hope this episode inspires you to think differently about education and learning. Remember, the Competence Institute is here to support you on this journey. Exactly. And for everyone listening, remember, effective learning is about understanding and applying knowledge. We're here to support anyone who is ready and interested in this type of approach. Don't forget to check out our free report, How to Learn Anything. Find the link in our show notes. If you found this information useful, please share it with others and be sure to leave a review. In upcoming episodes of this podcast, we will host people from all walks of life who have achieved competence and success by applying the study technology to their own lives and careers, as well as educators who are experts in the application of study technology for helping others. The Competence Institute is an educational nonprofit licensed by Applied Scholastics International, a non-religious, independent, nonprofit public benefit corporation that oversees a vast network of licensed schools, centers, and educators.